And now, a word from our environment. I'm Lenny Labrizzi, and I created this podcast to examine our environment with words and sounds. We use a word or phrase as a starting point to learn together about our environment. Today's words are urban planning. This is part two of an interview I had with Sean Cosgrove, principal planner with Ecologics Design in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. In part one, we learned how Sean became an urban planner and discussed some of the issues in urban planning. In this concluding episode, we delve into solutions to urban planning issues particularly in light of climate chaos and sea level rise. So uh, I, to me, it sounds like you're saying New York is the, is the model we want to go by. And I know you're not saying that, um, but... Um, uh, for water, it is because sure, the, the model we want to go by. To value your water and pay for it and protect up, upstream, is is uh it's real leadership and they've been doing it for a long time they got it right yeah they, i mean they they started i don't know 50 years ago building this third water tunnel and it's still under construction you know so yeah they would they they knew they were going to need it and and planned ahead and you know that was a a, a good whoever the water planners are you know, did a good job back then, and that we I thank them for that. Um, but I guess I, what I'm sort of trying to get at is that, all right. So you and I agree that there's there's certain things that would you know make us happy if we saw them in a in a in a in an urban planning department in in how the city um, built itself up because cities are going to grow. Right, where, where are all the people going to go? And this is, you know, I, I remember as a as a young kid, New York City was one of the largest cities in the world. Now I, I don't think it even cracks the top twenty. Um, so other cities throughout the world have grown, you know, at a much faster pace than New York. And I can't I can't imagine, you know, how what that even looks like because just watching, you know. The, um, about 20 years ago, New York City said, well, you know what, in about 20 years, we're going to have another million people in our, within the city limits. That's, that's, that's practically more people than almost all the other cities in the, in the, in the, you know, the, the, the only maybe Chicago, LA, and a couple of other places have that high of a population. Most cities are, you know, half a million to a million size. They're, they're on the smaller size. So we're adding another whole San Francisco, you know, in 10 years or in 15 years or 20 years. How do we plan for that? You know, what, well, in Shanghai where they've, I don't know, they've added 10 million people in that same, same amount of time. So, um, <laughs> long way of trying to get, get, get a question to you of, all right, so how about, there must be some place in the world that, or maybe a lot of places in the world that are, that are doing environmentally aware urban planning. Uh, you know, as a total picture, not just the water like New York, um, 
which which places would you point to and say these these folks are getting it right and we should you know mimic a lot of what they do or some of what they do at least my favorites are usually the nordics and uh i got to stockholm and copenhagen in 98 um uh and uh i've just uh been following the helsinki net zero challenge too on energy that helsinki says we want we want to go for our city net zero in 15 years so they had an international competition toronto was in it um and i know i know the players and i was just reviewing the, the toronto submission which didn't make it to the they had four, they, they awarded four um, winners yesterday. All interesting and all transitioning though, their district, existing district energy systems. And so we all had something uh, in the challenge, we had something to work with. Um, besides national goals and they, they, uh, they had, and all in all the Scandinavians and certainly the Danes uh, do this. They they have invested, if you will, in their central areas in district energy systems. Now, New York and Toronto also have core district energy systems, which are of exceedingly important value um, to this. And they also um, are are uh, kind of fail-safe systems. Uh, ice storms, earthquakes, floods, um, the district energy system usually works. Now, in uh, uh, in Sweden, they're getting tons and tons of U.S. now U.S. wood chips. It was previously Canadian wood chips, and it's a combination of both. But one reason that the the Nordics are able to bring down their greenhouse gases is that they're importing and uh, accounting for uh, uh, pine plantation wood chips from from southeast U.S. and uh, other uh, wood chips, et cetera, from from Quebec and Ontario and, and BC, especially with the huge loss of trees in British Columbia. But going to okay, going to the Nordics, but they put them in uh, district energy systems, thereby getting. Uh, uh, a lot of efficiency from the hot water, and maybe from the waste hot heat, they, they generate not maybe they often generate electricity. So they have it's, it's a rugged, robust system. They're far north, and our cities are are not. It's just efficient in Toronto and uh, New York. Uh, but uh, 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 I see what they're they're going once again the stretch goals up in. Uh, up in the Nordic. So it's a real Petri dish for me to look at at all times. And I was in Stockholm and I, I was working for public health at the Toronto at the time. And I ran into uh, uh, a planner who was working with the, they had their regional planning, public health and transportation planning integrated. This is back in the nineties. <laughs> And so, you know, I'm out, I'm there and getting my blood pressure taken, taken at a community event. And it just so happens I run into a, like a senior planner and she explains the whole 
regional approach to this to me and I'm going, yikes, you know, uh, this is brilliant. We have to have stuff like that. Uh, and Sweden was so rich, I was so amazed. And so was Denmark. So these are wealthy, wealthy, wealthy countries where these people running around in tuxedos are paying, I know they're paying 50% of their income to taxes and they don't care. They have cigars and champagne and they don't care. You know, they, they have a livable, they have a livable environment. That's, that's key. And, and, you know, how do you put a price? That's that, that gets back to the whole externalities that, that you were talking to before you, you can't, it's hard to put a price on that. And if that's 50% of what you make, but you're going to be healthy because you have clean air and clean drinking water and, and, you know, non-polluting transportation options, uh, all of these things, you know, key. Now, can the, can that, those models be um, transferred to the, as I mentioned before, these, these mega cities that are growing up all over the world, Mexico City, uh, Lagos in Nigeria, um, the, the Indian cities, Beijing, they, they, this, they, this talk about making a, what, a 90 million person mega city there, you know, <laughs> how, do you, okay. how do you plan that, you know? Uh, okay, the 90 million gets me. Uh, but what I was thinking was, uh, now this is very huge challenges and, uh, Maybe that is one place where the, we have to combine the nutrient system, the resources we have to go, they would have to go for circularity or they you know, are really gonna get stuck. They are gonna ha have to use the resources in such a way that they can recover and reuse everything. And starting with the sewage, starting with the urine, starting with the struvites, get the phosphate, mine your sewage systems and all your water systems for energy and benefits, then run them through these uh, advanced uh, technologies. Like I'm not necessarily uh, bought into the high rise food, of the, what is it, De Palmier from New York? Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, that's the, good for him. He put out the idea. These are going to be difficult to manage, but we've seen like um, uh, rooftop greenhouse gardens in Montreal, cold city, right? Um, uh, with the LA, with the LED gardens, I call them gardens. These are these are uh, industrial agriculture on top of buildings and in, so in I, big warehouses too. In, inside big warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, and, uh, everything's, you know, where's the mark? So the mark is closer to, to uh, the food systems and the treatment. It's, it's, uh, it's they're gonna, I don't know how they're gonna run the big cities unless they save every last drop of water and uh, start to, to put it through multi-cascades. And there's going to be jobs in that too, intelligence, uh, certainly digital and AI and, and all kinds of stuff going in there. But then, so their countrysides though, um, have been giving them pretty cheap food. 
for a long time. And it's maybe only when all of a sudden in China or whatever, the countryside can't provide the, the really cheap food and other resources that they'll have to, uh, they'll have to rewire and redesign some of these cities if they're gonna, uh, if they're gonna make it. But that's sort of where I see, um, you know, really resource accounting for everything. Uh, Sounds like a, it's a, a city in a in a space capsule, you know. If you if you're an astronaut, well, why not? That's a great image. That's a great image. Uh, 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 yeah, but how do you scale it from a, a you know a space capsule that holds five people, you know, maybe a little bit more if it's the space station, to twenty million people? Well. You know, I've been revisiting um, some of the the uh, the biosphere stuff. You know, some of the lessons from the biosphere. I think that's still like that. That was the big, a, a large experiment, and many, many interesting things coming out of that, including uh, Dr. Mark Nelson on wastewater. The way he wrote the Wastewater Gardener, and he goes around the world doing um, still pretty small projects, but it's a, also a uh, reminds me of permaculture. That that he he's able to uh, uh, clean the water with plants. So uh, clean water has a value. If somebody wants to pay for it, it has a value. So the uh, uh, John Todd with the Healing Earth. What I got? This is the you know from the New Alchemy Institute. Yep. You know one yep. of my heroes. Yes, and his wife and. And associates. So this is um, uh, water has a value, and here are uh, ecological design principles to extract that value. And uh, it, in um, you know, for these really serious megacities, they're going to have to come up with something. I've been to Mexico City. How about you, uh, uh, Len? Have you been? To, you're in a big enough city. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've not been to uh, Mexico City, but I've been to um, uh, Delhi and Mumbai. You know, those are you know, crazy mega cities. Uh, hard to fathom how all the people are getting fed, all the people are getting clean water. And, and part of the problem is that they're not. You know, that's where, that's why there's disease and malnutrition and all those kinds of things going on is because there's a lot of people and that hasn't been planned to utilize everything. Or well, I was just, you're everything. right. I've, and I've been to Cape Town. So Cape Town and also Chennai in Southern India are like the two cities that almost had zero day, right? Of they approached no water days yes in the last five years yeah um so uh uh it, this is that's got to wake somebody up these, these are drivers then you know and unfortunately we're going to see these uh un, very uh, uh you know drought which maybe we're used to say in south africa but maybe we'll see deluge in South Africa, some crazy unexpected uh, uh, events that really test the resilience and, and back we are with, with uh, trying to value the remnants and rebuilding. Um, 
And that's going to be national governments, international governments. We're in a very, what, we're in this nationalist phase right now, right? Where, uh, and I hope we're moving back into a, away from this austerity, this Thatcherite, Reaganite, total right-wing economics that values limited things, money, money. <laughs> and then to mo uh, maybe more expansive if, if we see uh, money flow in the US economy and, and the British economy and uh, elsewhere, we'll, maybe we'll see uh, some, some resilience thinking. But uh, the bill comes due. The bill does come due. It's Mother Nature who sends the bill. Uh, well, I mean, you know, you, you just kind of alluded to this is that the climate catastrophes that are going on, climate chaos, almost has, has had to mean that urban planners have to think totally differently than they were before. Because you didn't have, you know, 20 years ago, you didn't have to plan for wildfires and, 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 hurricane, you know, severe, severe hurricanes, you know, yes, we got hurricanes every year, but um, not, not the way they've been happening. Urban wildfires. Yeah, yeah, I mean, close, very close. I wanted to throw that in. Um, all those things, you know, that, that um, floods, you know, you, you, you brought that up before, how, how the, you know, the, the wetlands have to be protected, otherwise, our cities are all going to be underwater. Um, so yeah, that, that throws another whole kink. And it's, it almost seems like yeah, <laughs> what what's the answer? I mean, I I, I, am, I I kind of feel like you know the answer is that we have to make a much faster turn into renewables than than anybody's even talking about now, and and into figuring out how to to be self-sufficient almost and not not entirely but self-sufficient as you were talking about before and growing food in the cities um, all, all these things that will help cities to 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 survive not just the overpopulation but the 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 <laughs> The weather externalities or the climate externalities that you know we never had to plan for before. Well, then maybe the game is going to be if we're going to have to do all these uh, mega works on the coasts to uh, either save land or be like the Dutch and and adapt it. Uh, uh, and create, you know, what, how are these new uh, coastal defenses, really coastal defenses, going to look? And can we say, and this is one thing on the Helsinki thing, they were saying we're going to have floating uh, seawater um, uh, batteries. We're going to capture seawater, we're going to heat some up in these in these batteries, and then we're going to put pools on the top. Forget Iceland, right? We're going to be the we're going to be the Iceland of, of Finland, and we're and that we're going to connect that to our district energy system. So, uh, but okay, that's all right. But what about 
the sea is rising. So these things can rise, but what about Helsinki? <laughs> Think it's sinky. So, uh, uh, you know, some, there, there better be some thinking on the coast of, uh, of uh, putting in uh, defenses. Some of it's gonna, you're gonna have to go to higher ground, but, but what do you sacrifice? And when you're sacrificing, couldn't you put uh, geothermal wells as you retreat? Uh, it's expensive, but what? And the water can come over the geothermal wells, potentially, potentially. Or uh, maybe it's gonna be a, a tidal. It's as long as it's not on there the whole time, the geothermal will work from the earth. Um, we've got geothermal cooling out here in the lake. It's a huge system and it's expanded. Um, I can't see that Chicago wouldn't do it. Um, but I know that Stockholm does it. They do it in a slow loop. They send out, they do it, uh, they send out the water in the springtime to warm up in the summer in the ocean. And then they bring it in slowly during the winter in a big loop. So the cooling system, uh, uh, the cool comes in, in in the summer. Am I right on that? Well, anyway, I, I'm getting it uh, wrong. But it, it's definitely, uh, it's their sink, if you will. It's their heat sink and they're using it. So couldn't you, can New York do that? Can they, can they uh, 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 gonna have tremendous cooling demand? It's another system. I mean, there's so many pipes underneath New York that it's phenomenal. Could they yeah, ever I use mean, the heat it, pipes? It, it is, a, it is a, a good time for people to maybe start thinking outside the box and in designing these systems that no one ever thought of before. You know, or, or thought of it on maybe on a small scale, or or putting two types of systems together that that complement each other. You know, the heating and the cooling. Well, you know, if we, we it's th that heat in the summertime. Can we somehow save it into the winter and then use it to heat and and then grab that? You know, once it cools down, to use a use for our cooling. Yeah. So there's there's um. It's a, I think, an interesting time to be, you know, thinking about these large-scale, uh, tight ways of, of of growing things, heating heating things, and and as you talked about the the the, the ocean, you know, facing protections to to you know to stop the the sea level rise or figure out how to how to live with it um a lot still to be done one thing has still be done and one thing then aquaculture yeah where can the urban regions bring in some sort of uh, you know if we have sewage resources or what have you can we uh capture the nutrients for fish in a, of course, in a, in a, a public health fashion. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, Calcutta does. But that's, that's a, a, that's a um, outside system. Very extensive. 
but and maybe China does too. I'm not sure, but but uh, there's much more research in aquaculture. So, is there any opportunity as we go along, facing the sea with windmills, with construction into the sea, defense, you know, to put our science and technology into resource planning? And from the from aquaculture comes. Uh, fish waste was well, not a waste, it's a resource. So that can we get that to the vegetables? Will it, will they be floating farms? I've always been fascinated by aquaponics. That yeah, using the fish waste to feed the vegetables and whatever you can grow things that are going to feed the fish. And usually you you you're trying to grow one thing or the other, but that nutrient cycle that loop, that closed loop that you talked about earlier um, in a, on a small scale seems to work perfectly fine with aquaponics. And I don't doubt that it could work on a larger scale as well. And there are, um, you know, CO2 capture uh, technology with, with algae. Yep. Um, you know, that are scaling up, that, that are scaling up, but that's algae can be fish food too, as well as, uh, and then they're, they are, maybe don't dry it. Or maybe, you know, uh, um, they're making, you know, cakes for animals out of it and, and other product out of the algae. But, but uh, uh, and there's all kinds of steps. So whatever the market and whatever niche come up with, we're going to have to start experimenting more and trying. And I know there's a, I think the young people are doing so. I think the younger entrepreneurs are, are uh, doing this. And in fact, uh, on the Team Toronto one, there was an algae company, Pond Technologies, uh, in there that was uh, uh, promoting that. So uh, it's a way of thinking, but there's a lot of R&D uh, to do and a lot of start connection. And the market, despite, um, the market has an influence Right, so we have to uh, get the kayak paddle into the market. Survival is is a, is a uh, political uh, a selling point, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we can because uh, uh, you know there's no uh, if there's no city there's no market. So let's uh, let's think together. That might be the, uh, the 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 buzzword of this whole thing. Let's think together and and that'll help us come up with a solution. Well, this has been a fascinating uh, chat that we've had. Well, Sean, thank you so much for um, uh, sharing your thoughts and, and, and experiences uh, with us today. Um, and uh, hopefully maybe we can do this uh, again um, uh, real soon. Len, it's great to see you. I'd love to do it again. And uh, uh, it's really valuable. And um, uh, it's just great to see. We hope this podcast has provided you with helpful information. Please share with your friends and listen again to, and now a word from our environment.